Okay, okay, go like this. Sit upright. Raise the chin a little bit. Breathe in. Breathe out. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Mike Tomlin didn't exactly breathe a sigh of relief at the podium when he spoke with us yesterday on the South Side, but it might as well have been that. You could just sense that the man was relieved. He was making jokes. He actually came into the room even a few minutes before the press conference was supposed to start and took a couple of friendly jabs at certain people in the room who tend to be frequent targets, and it was it was fun. You could sense right away before he'd spoken a syllable in the actual press conference that everything with the football team was either going to be fine or that he was going to be nominated for an Academy Award for portraying a relieved coach who's about to lose two massive pieces of his football team. Tomlin, of course, went on to say that T.J. Watt is not going to need surgery on the left peck. Later in the day, T.J. went and had his additional opinions on the MRI that had been taken on Monday, and those showed the same thing to the doctors who examined it. They also prescribed that he does not have surgery. And at the risk of sounding like I'm trying to play a doctor myself, that probably means he's going to be somewhere in the six-week range in terms of recovery toward playing football. And that is, of course, the best possible news that the Steelers could have gotten. But it sure didn't hurt to additionally have Najee Harris come up with his own even cleaner bill of health Because when you're talking about a Liz Frank injury, and I didn't even want to say this on yesterday's episode, but when you're talking about Liz Frank, you're talking about something that ends careers in football, especially as it relates to running. And according to everyone, including Najee himself on Twitter, he's not only going to be practicing this week, but he will play Sunday against the Patriots. So... It doesn't get any better than that. Those were both the optimal outlooks in each case, given what happened to each individual. Not to be forgotten here, but Mason Cole, who did return from his ankle injury to play the rest of the game in Cincinnati, he now looks like he's going to be maybe held back a little bit in practice and he'll be fine. Levi Wallace, whose ankle injury really didn't look good in Cincinnati. Apparently, he's fine. Robert Spillane got poked in the eye. He's fine. So everything that you felt kind of lousy about after the big W in the opener, it's now okay to feel uh, at least some relief while also, you know, accepting that you're not going to have TJ. Can that be overcome? Honestly, I think so, but maybe not the way you're thinking. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported 
academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. Steelers signed a couple of practice squad dudes. One of them is an outside linebacker. Neither of them is going to get on the field. Another one's a tight end. I already forgot their names. Malik Reed is going to be your starting outside linebacker on the left side. Although Tomlin wouldn't come right out and say that, he will be. He was the guy that went on the field, and he's the guy who had 13 sacks over the past two seasons with the Broncos. They like him a lot. Remember, they didn't claim him off waivers. They made a trade for him. And now that trade, which was a couple weeks ago, uh, it, it looks pretty good, you know, just because you have him in the house. Jameer Jones was also mentioned by Tomlin. He's going to have to be in the mix because you do rotate your OLBs. But ultimately, this is going to come down to a group effort. And on the defensive side, some of that's obvious. Alex Highsmith has to keep playing the way he did in the first five minutes in Cincinnati. The front-line guys need to continue stopping the run, which they did on all but really one carry for Joe Mixon. The secondary needs to continue ball hawking. Again, I'm giving you the obvious stuff, but what really, really needs to happen is on the other side of the football. You can't have your defense staying on the field for 100 unofficial snaps. And what I mean by that, unofficial, is that they were out there for 94 official snaps, but there also were six plays that got wiped out. And you can do whatever you want to the scorebook, but the players still exerted themselves for those six snaps. So it ended up being an even 100. And that's just, that's not going to cut it. This was Tomlin yesterday on that subject. You don't want to, um, but you better be prepared in case you have to. And that's why we have creeds that we live by, like physical conditioning, preseason, anything else. And that we'll be continually pouring into that component of readiness because from time to time you got to do what they did now Tomlin also went out of his way to and wasn't quite praise but to at least credit the offense for what he felt he saw on film after the game he acknowledged not feeling particularly good about the offense during the game but that he felt a lot better about it after watching and the reason that he gave for that principally is that there were no turnovers, which is obviously a really big deal in a game that you're leading by a count of 17-3, to and that there were some decent individual flashes. He singled out Deontay Johnson's still mind-blowing catch along the left sideline. So much more is going to be needed, though. Uh, This offense has to find a way to throw the ball downfield, uh, I asked Tomlin about that. Like, why why didn't they throw the ball downfield? With downfield throwing comes the potential of negativity and turning the ball over. And and environmentally and the structure of how they function, we did what we thought was appropriate to win the game last week. It has no bearing on how we're going to function this week. Okay, that's kind of what I thought. I mean, they, they're telling Mitch Trubisky, we don't want you taking any chances. We don't want you throwing downfield. We don't want you throwing over the middle. And I, I get that. if you're just focused on, look, the offense is totally terrible and we're just going to try to win this game with our defense. That's not a long-term concept that can be sustained. It just isn't. If you want to win without TJ, you 
Going to have to find a way to move the football and to hold on to it for more than just a couple minutes at a time. When we come back, J1Q. The only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from Nick Tadero, who says, DK, I hear this a lot regarding Trubisky, that he's not doing anything to lose the job. Well, how long did the Steelers continue to let a guy behind center that's doing what he can to not lose the job and instead go with the young guy, this offense looks like it's starting to hinder the development of the skill position players. Nick, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I, I just am. No, I'm not in the camp of bench Mitch right now and throw Kenny in right now. I've been really consistent on this count going back quite a while. And that is that Kenny does legitimately have more to learn about the playbook, about sequencing, about reacting to events on the field and seeing in turn in stadiums, to use the Tomlinism, how Mitch reacts. And he can benefit from that, Kenny can. I really believe that. I believe that in a weird kind of way, Kenny became a slightly tiny bit better quarterback because of his experience Sunday in Cincinnati. That's fine. Set that off to the side. I don't have any use for a quarterback who's going to get not just praise from his head coach, but the game ball afterward because he didn't screw up. You know, you've got to have more to it than that. And you heard Tomlin's answer when I brought that up with him at the press conference yesterday, and, and you'll now understand why the head coach approached it the way he did, that doesn't necessarily make it right, and it definitely doesn't make it right for the longer haul. You're going to need to get real quarterback play. I love the point that you bring up, though, the additional point, that it looks like it's stunting certain players. Well, let's name names here, because we're talking about the wide receivers. George Pickens was targeted three times in this game. Three times. And everyone associated with the Steelers, both on and off the field, is all, oh, George Pickens, George Pickens, George Pickens. And they're right. They're right. They're not hyping him up. They were worried about trying to find a way to hype him down. Well, how about not throwing the football to him? That'll hype him down. No one's going to notice the world's greatest wide receiver if he doesn't have the ball thrown to him. So... A lot more should be fairly expected here. I, I don't like the idea of lowering the bar, which is what it feels like 
Tomlin did here after week one. I'm not sure exactly why. I do get the sense that he kind of likes Mitch a lot, though. I really do. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.